Greetings, beloved, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, we bless you, we honor you even this morning, O oh God. We thank you for your mighty presence among us. We thank you, Father, that indeed even in these last days, you're still speaking to us, marshalling your troops for the end time harvest, O oh God. Father, we thank you for such a privilege that we can be counted among those that are a part of your army. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, even this day, that you will stir us up and encourage us in the ways of the truth, so that, mighty Father, indeed we may live as people with a purpose in life, so that, mighty Father, indeed we may live as world changers in this life. In the name of Jesus, Spirit of the living God, have your way. Minister to us as we minister to the Father, and may the word go forth in power and in simplicity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I greet you all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, I'm really very much excited about what I'm going to share with you today. Uh, I was meditating about this and I realized that sometimes the love of many is waxing cold in these last days. The Bible is very clear that in the last days, iniquity will abound and the love of many will wax cold. But this is not the time to relax. This is the time to even be more passionate than ever before. So what I want to go to share with you today, it's about how the kingdom of God works and how we should always strive for more of God and what God has in store for us. So you will actually see that there is a lot that God has in store for us, which needs to be revealed to us. So I just want us to start with Matthew 13. 43 and 44 in the New King James Version. And then I'll tell you the, I'll read that one and then as we go down, then I'll tell you the title of our sermon. But if you look at this one, Matthew 13, 43 to 44, New King James Version, it reads, Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Then he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So you will hear many times when Jesus talks about he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the understanding is that all people have ears, but it's not all people who have ears that can hear. So now let's see what Jesus wants to say to us. Verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So it talks about the kingdom of God being like a treasure hidden in a field. So if the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field, just imagine if somebody has left an inheritance for you, which is worth a fortune, and they tell you that that treasure is in a particular place, you just need to get there and get the treasure. But they tell you how to get that treasure. You will do everything you can to get that treasure. So that's why then sometimes as children of God, we are not always conscious of what God has in store for us, what God has as our inheritance as the saints. We've got an inheritance as the saints. Just like if one of you, you know that maybe you have a, a great grandfather or somebody of your, uh, your, your generation, your genealogy who left a lot of things for you, you are going to strive to get it. If it means going to the highest court in the land, you will do that to try and get what rightfully belongs to you. Can I then just tell you, children of God, that we have a lot that God has in store for us, which sometimes we don't always grasp 
we don't always take that. But we need to know. So I want to go with you to the book of uh, Colossians 1 verse 12. Colossians 1 verse 12, New King James Version reads, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. So there is an inheritance for us. But we do not know what is that inheritance and where is it and all that. So we need to have our eyes opened. We need to have our ears opened to hear so that we can get that treasure. So the Lord cannot just give a treasure for us and leave an inheritance for us and we do not take hold of it. We need to do everything we can to take hold of that treasure. So if you go with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, we'll do from verse 15 to 23 in the New King James Version. Now you will start seeing what we need. And that's why today I want to talk to you about the power of revelation. The power of revelation. So first, Ephesians 1, 15 to 23 says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So what does he say in his prayers? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So it seems that our eyes need to be opened. We need to have revelation of what God has in store for us. Then verse 18, it says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. So where we read earlier in Matthew, it says, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. But also let him who has eyes to see, let him see. Because it says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? You see again the inheritance. So there is an inheritance for us as the saints. But if you do not know the inheritance, you will live uh, like a poor man. You will live like a person who has got no direction while there is so much that is laid in store for you. You will live under the dominion of the enemy when you should actually be in charge because you do not know what is your inheritance. And again, after we have known the inheritance, then we've got to strive to go and get it for ourselves. We go and take it. So verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places? far above all principality and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in also that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We look at this one, it seems like when our eyes are opened, then we will see what is God's power that is available for us as the saints as children of God, and also how we can be in charge or how we can have dominion, because now our eyes are open, now we can see what is rightfully ours. Because if you do not know, if you can't see, you won't even know what is yours. Actually, I like it in the message. Let's read in the message also, Ephesians 1, 17 to 23, it says, but I do more than ask. Ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. 
You see, so our eyes focused and clear so that we can see why are we called? Why are we called as children of God? What does he want us to do? Grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life he has for his followers. So there is a glorious way of living that God has in store for us as his children. And we need our eyes to be open to know that. He says, oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him, endless energy, boundless strength, all his energy issues from Christ, God, from Christ. God raised him from the death and set him on the throne in deep heaven, in charge of running the universe. So are our eyes getting enlightened? So Jesus is in charge of running the universe. But you will see how he runs the universe. He cannot run the universe without you and I, without the church. So look at it. Everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule, and not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. He has the final word on everything. Now, most of us get it easy, we understand it, that God is in charge, Jesus has got a final word in everything. But I want you to see something, that our eyes should be open to say, whatever God wants to do here on the earth, he has to do it through the church. Look at this. It says, he has a final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. Now he's bringing the church into the picture. Verse 23. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. So God needs the church. So if we say that the Lord is in charge, the Lord is in charge of running the universe, he has got to do it through us. But we need to have a revelation. It should be revealed to us. We need to get that revelation of how his power works so that we can experience the greatness of his power, so that we can serve him with passion. Actually, Paul talks about for the sake of winning Christ and to understand the gospel, I count everything as nothing. I really am passionate about the kingdom of God. So most of us, we are very reserved or very relaxed and living as if the Lord is not coming. Living as people who do not understand what is our inheritance. What is that which belongs to us, which rightfully belongs to us, which we need to take hold of. So look at it this way. Go with me to the book of Philippians. Chapter 3, verse 17 to 16 in the Passion Translation. Um, maybe here, okay, so let me read it myself. Yet all the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them and I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. To truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing it all by my boasting on the garbage heap. It's like a pile of manure to me so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all his greatness. So I want your eyes to be opened to see what God has in store for us. He says, my passion is to be consumed with him and not cling on my own righteousness based in keeping the written law. My only righteousness will be 
He is based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. The very righteousness that comes from God. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. You can see that Paul was aware that there is an inheritance for the saints. He knew that there was a treasure. There is a treasure. So he says, I rather lose everything for me to really grasp what God has in store for me, what God has placed for me. So he continues to say, I will be one with him in his sufferings and become like him in his death. Only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him in his resurrection from the realm of the dead. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into abundance so that I may reach the purpose for which Christ Jesus laid hold on me. He says, I don't say that I've already apprehended, but I really run with passion. I really want to grasp this. I want to understand the fullness of Christ here on the earth. I really want to see what God has in store for us. The things that God has in store for us, I really want to experience that. And do you know that actually Paul puts it even in the book of 1 Corinthians. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 to, 11 to 10 in the New uh, International Version. I want to show you that actually if your eyes are not opened, if your ears are not opened, you will miss out on that which God has in store for his children. He's got so much more for us, but it has to be revealed. There is so much more in store for us, but it has to be revealed. That's why Paul says, I run with passion. I rather lose everything so that I can get that which Christ has in store for me. It's like what Jesus said in Matthew when he says, when this person finds this treasure, he goes and sells everything he has to buy that field with a treasure. So the question to all of us is, how much passionate are we about this inheritance? The inheritance that will help us to live a victorious life here on the earth, but the inheritance that will also ensure that when we go to meet the master, he will say, well done, you good and faithful servant, because we know the Lord is coming. So I want you to look at it here. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10 in NIV. It says, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit search all things, even the deep things of God. I want us to zoom on into this verse. It's very packed. He says, what no eye has seen. So it means if your eye is not opened by the Lord, you won't see it. What no ear has heard. Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So if your ear is not opened by the Lord, you won't hear it. And he says, no mind has conceived. If you are not enlightened in your mind, you won't perceive it. He says, these are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Do you see that we can really miss it? If it's not revealed to us, if our eyes don't get opened up, if our ears don't get opened up to hear what God wants us to know, our eyes opened up to see what God wants us to see, we'll always be seeing what the enemy is doing. You remember last week we were sharing about faith and then we talked about that man, the servant of 
Elisha, who could see the armies of the enemy that were coming against them. And the man of God said, they are more with us than they are with them. And then the man of God said, open his eyes so that he can see. And when the eyes of that servant were opened, he could see a lot of angels that were encamping around the children of God, around him and Elisha. Which means, if your eyes are not opened, you won't see what is available for you. So think about that scenario. When the servant of the Lord said, open his eyes so that he may see. So I believe that after that servant now saw the many angels that were protecting them, he started getting bold. He started knowing that I'm safe. I'm actually protected. I'm actually covered. And that is what we also need. We need our eyes to be opened, to see what God has in store for us, to see what God, the protection that is available for us as children of God, the angels that are encamping around us and protecting us who fear the Lord. We have to have our eyes open to see that God is our healer. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. We've got to have our eyes open to see that God provides for all our needs. He is our source. We need to have our eyes open to see that even when we are in trouble, the Lord delivers us from trouble. So there is so much in store. We need to know what is this inheritance. But we also need to have our eyes open and we need to run toward it with passion. This is the time that we are living in. It's not like you will do your best after you die. The Bible says, do all you can with your might. For in the grave where you are going, there is no work, there is no design, there is nothing that we should do there. So do everything you can. I'm passionate about the Lord. I know these are the last days. It means I must run like somebody who is running toward the finishing line. You know, if you pace yourself in a journey or in a race, you pace yourself, you go, maybe you go fast here, slow there, fast here, slow there. But when you know that you are about to reach the finishing line, you push all the energy that you have. You run toward the goal. So when he talks here about what no eye has seen, it means the enemy can blindfold you and you don't see what is in store for you. Your ears may be closed that you can only hear things that are negative. You can only hear what the devil is doing. And it's even interesting, even the things that, that make you excited is those bad stuff. It's all the gossip, all the wrong things. But shouldn't we passionate, be passionate in such a way that we are pleased and consumed by the word of God? And our spirits are always excited to hear what God is doing more than what the enemy is doing. Our eyes being opened to see what God is doing more than what the enemy is doing. Being open to see what God has in store for us. As for me, like I said, even in the days we're living in, I'm so much at peace. I'm so much living in victory. It means this thing works. And God has given all this to us for such a time as this. So don't let the enemy blindfold you to see what God has in store for you. There is an inheritance for the saints. So go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 3 to 7 in the Amplified Classic. Then you will see that the gospel, the good news, has got so much in store for us, but it's not everybody who can see what is available. Look at this. But even if our gospel, the glad tidings are hidden, 
obscured and covered up with a veil that hinders the knowledge of God. It is hidden only to those who are perishing and obscured only to those who are spiritually dying and veiled only to those who are lost. For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds. I want you to see that. So the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds. So you would find that even people that may be your close relatives or other people, you just can't understand why can't this person accept Jesus? Why can't this person see that if they die without the Lord, they are condemned to eternal destruction? Why can't they see that? They cannot see it. Their minds are blinded. So as much as the minds of unbelievers are blinded to see the light of the gospel, even as children of God, there are things where you need your eyes to be opened, like that servant of Elisha. You need your ears to be opened so that then you can hear what God is telling the churches. Let him who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the churches. So if the God of this world is blinding the minds of unbelievers, he says that they should not descend the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ the Messiah, who is the image and the likeness of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord, and ourselves merely as your servants, slaves for Christ's sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts, so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty of the glory of God, as it is manifest in the person and revealed, and is revealed in the face of Christ Jesus the Messiah. You see again, revelation is got to be revealed. Verse 7, however, we possess this precious treasure. The divine light of the gospel in frail human vessel of the earth, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from us ourselves. So you can see that when our eyes are opened, we can see that we possess this treasure. We can see that we have an inheritance in the saints. We can see that by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I'm healed. When the world is panicking, even about what we are hearing now, coronavirus and all the other things that are ravaging the earth. We stay in peace, knowing that he said he will protect me from deadly diseases. So it means my eyes has to be open to see exactly what God is doing. Because if you only see what the enemy is doing, then you are like that servant of Elisha, who could see the armies of the enemy, but could not see the armies that were protecting him. So <clears throat> I want to tell you, child of God, that the that God has already given us everything we need in this life. When we're talking about faith, we said it's like something is already deposited in your bank account and you've got a proof, a statement that says, this is your money in the bank. Then you've got a title deed. You've got a proof. You can go and withdraw that money because it's yours. So I want to show you that actually, Everything that we'll ever need in this life is already brought forth. It's not like God, as we're moving with him, he makes a plan along the way. No, your future is already set. He already knows that it shall be well with you as the righteous. We just need to align ourselves with God's plan for our lives. We just need to align ourselves with God's purpose for our lives. We just need to speak what God speaks. The problem is that we are speaking like the world. That's why we get defeated like the world. We think like the world. That's why we get defeated like the world. 
We've got to be different. We've got to know that God has placed us here on earth and gave us dominion and gave us authority. And let's keep on speaking that authority. Keep on speaking that dominion in our own lives, in our families, in our workplaces, in our country, wherever we go, let the river flow through us. Let the river of life flow through us. And where things are not in order, and you see that things are hopeless in your life, do like what we taught you again last time about prophesying over your bones. Tell them dry bones live again. Hear the word of the Lord. So it means it's necessary for, for us to know what God already has in store for us the inheritance that we have. Our eyes must be enlightened. Our eyes have to be opened. I'm keeping on pursuing to look at what is there in store for me. What is there in store for me? And when I grasp it, when it's revealed to me, then I stand on it and I start applying it. That's why God said to Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given you. So it means there's just so much God has in store for us, but you only possess that which the sole of your foot treads. It's like the word of God promises us divine health, but not all Christians live in divine health. The word of God promises us protection. Not all the children of God have got breakthrough in protection. The word of God promises us prosperity, financial prosperity, but not all children of God live in that. So it means you only possess that land which the sole of your foot has tread. Because he has already given us everything that all must go well with us. Look at it with me in the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 3, in the Passion Translation. 2 Peter 1, 3, Passion. Passionately says, Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. I'm reading. It's not my own making. Let me repeat it. He says, everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. So if everything we'll ever need has already been deposited, if everything we'll ever need has already been laid as our inheritance, it's already installed, what is left for us is to go and get hold of it. Let me give you an example. Do you know that you were already healed? So it says by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. First Peter 2.24. We were healed. So healing is already deposited for us so that we can walk in divine health. So it means when sickness comes, it's coming too late. I've already been healed. So I need to say sickness, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It is not the temple of sicknesses. I thank God that I'm healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. It's already done. It's already deposited in me. My God shall supply all my needs. So he is my shepherd I do not lack. So my situation may be saying you are lacking. You don't have this. You don't have that. You don't have that. It's temporary. I need to tell my situation. My situation, hear the word of the Lord. The Lord says I shall not want. I shall not lack. And in the natural it still seems like I'm lacking. But here God says everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him. You see that thing of revelation, knowledge, wisdom. So it has been deposited to us, but we need to be knowing him who has called us by name 
and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. So if he says that he has already deposited it in us, he's already made it available for us, we just need to grasp it and make it our own and live in the reality of that. The problem sometimes we say we believe, or we as Christians, we say we are believers, but we're behaving like the world. Mm. Think about what's happening around us, even in the days we're living in. Are you any different from people around you? Are you bold? Are you confident? Is it clear that you know something that the world doesn't know? Is it clear that we have a God who cares for us? Is it clear that we have a God who protects us? Is it clear that we have a God who covers us? Is it clear that we have a God who gives us peace? Jesus is our peace. He is the Lord Jehovah Shalom, our peace. So he says, let not your hearts be troubled. So even when things are seemingly not going on well and there is that and there is that, we trust so much in God that we know all will be well. It will be all right. This is temporary. Things will change for my good. And we start speaking like that. Because